What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. everybody into the overreaction Buffalo postgame show for the Buffalo Bills. My name is Joe Miller. I am the host of this year's show and we are live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network brought to you by exclusively the Market Dominator. It is so good to have everybody with me. Welcome to see uh, so many beautiful people jumping into the comment section over here on YouTube. Again, if you are watching on Facebook or Twitter, uh, or X, whatever they call it now, please do me a favor, do yourself a favor, jump over to uh, YouTube. That's where all the cool kids hang out. That's also where you have the opportunity to comment and super chat and talk and have really good community conversation about a football game that we would much probably rather prefer to forget. <laughs> this is the not so fun time uh, of this it's not a job of this hobby is the opportunity that I get to sit down and talk about something I don't really want to talk about, but it is what it is. We are here. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some conversation. Uh, we're going to keep it in perspective with the understanding and the knowledge that this is a preseason game. And as preseason games go, this was one. <laughs> uh man not ready for prime time that's for sure down there in pittsburgh but uh before we get started uh i want to a uh, couple quick things this is the, a recording of a podcast um if you are in the comments section i am super grateful for having you there super grateful for having you uh join and connect with me live keep in mind if you are asking me questions in the comments section i can't necessarily see them uh, the best bet if you want to get my attention, if you want to ask me a question, if you've got a comment you want me to see, super chat it. You don't have to put like a ton of stuff in there, a ton of money in there, just whatever it takes to get a super chat to pop up. I'll gladly answer your question uh, and then we can move on. Also, I need to uh, pay them bills and uh, we're going to hear real quick from our sponsor, the Market Dominator. Ladies and gentlemen, this is John Spascheck. Introducing the Market Dominator. Folks, I'm John Spascheck. that's right, the market dominator, and I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. 
Go Bills, as I say every single week, if you are looking for somebody, or I should say, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, you want to make sure you've got the best person you can to be in your corner, to be on your side, to represent you. In my opinion, that is uh, John Spazcheck and the Market Dominator team. Do me a favor, if uh, you are in the market, please give John a call, 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. Man, my family's up in here. My mom's in the room. My sister's in the room. Good Lord, uh, Amanda's in the room. I haven't seen Amanda in a while. Brian Bowers is in the room. Like, everybody's, like, piled up in here tonight. So it's uh, so good to have all of you jumping in. There's Mama. What's up, Mama Bear? Uh, but uh, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna get through this thing. We're going to have some conversation. Um, I would love to take some questions from you guys. It's hard for me to weed through the questions while I'm, like I said, while I'm kind of, like, going through my outline and whatnot. But uh, if something strikes my fancy and I get a chance to glance down, maybe I'll take some questions i don't you know we'll see what happens but it was a beautiful night in pittsburgh pennsylvania as the buffalo bills traveled three hours south of buffalo to face the steelers in uh, their second preseason game of the 2023 season you know the bills they they go into steeler country and uh pretty much embarrass themselves losing 27 to 15 in a penalty ridden game full of mistakes, miscues, and uh, frankly, a whole lot of yellow laundry all over the field. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate, too, because they've had a good camp. They've had a good preseason so far as as far as, like, the stuff that we saw at camp was really, really great when they were going against themselves, uh, the offense versus the defense. There's been a lot of chippiness here right, lately, a lot of uh, going after each other to which, you know, they 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 – they, they coined it up as we're just ready to play somebody in a different Jersey. We've seen enough of each other and this is normal. And you've heard Jerry Ostrowski and John Fina say that, you know, camp is never good or it's never a good camp until there's at least one fight. Uh, there's been a couple fights here recently. So there was a lot of expectation. There was a lot of things that we were looking for. We had a good list, right? We had a really good list of things we were looking for points of interest. If you will, things that we had talked about through camp, Things that we talked about after last week's game and things that we, we've talked about or, or the, you know, we, there's been conversation about whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, social media platforms all over the place. You know, this entire week kind of leading into this game. There was a lot of anticipation around seeing Josh Allen on the football field for the first time this year. And I'll be honest with you, I was I, I, I was I was building this outline. I was going through just kind of like some notes and some thoughts and, and I don't keep anywhere as near as. Uh, specific notes or specific thoughts or kind of opinions, first reactions for the preseason, obviously, as I do the regular season. The regular season is a completely different animal. The job is a little bit different. Those games mean something. But I was sitting there and I was like, how do I express what I feel? Because as you know, this is a, a, a show hosted by a fan for the fans. How do I express how I feel that I feel like would resonate with the other fans that I talk to that listen to this ridiculous show. <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, you know what? The only thing I can kind of come up with is Josh Allen hitting the field for the first time. The first time we get to see Josh, the big old hoss, six foot five, six foot six, 230, 240 pounds in a bill's uniform for real. It's like the first day of Christmas, isn't it? Like, isn't it? Isn't that like wait, the anticipation? You know, Josh. I mean, it's a preseason game, but you went to bed Friday night. Like, Josh is going to play tomorrow. You told all your friends. People are like, hey, so you're going to watch that game? Of course, I'm going to watch it. Josh is playing. Yes, I'm going to watch it. Hard to sleep. 
you wake up early man josh is playing today it's like christmas every every time josh hits the field for the first time of the season it's like christmas and obviously that's only outdone by the first game of the season which is crazily right around the corner but we'll see what kind of happens but uh we also you know looking forward to different things the quarterback two battle I was uh, listening to uh, Sterling's show just uh, here for about the last 45 minutes and listening to him talk about the middle linebacker situation. That's, you know, we were one of the things we were looking for, a continued battle at middle linebacker. We heard, you know, McDermott voice concerns this past week about he's not necessarily sure if we've got the right. I don't, I'm putting words in his mouth, paraphrasing, not sure if we've got the right guys, not really sure if, you know, if we're ready at that position. Obviously, uh, you know, Bernard, Terrell Bernard is still hurt. He's nursing a hamstring, so we haven't really seen him take any reps at the middle linebacker spot. One thing that you cannot question that has probably been hit a lot this week, or I should say in the last 24 hours at least, it really very much absolutely 1,000% looks like we're going to be missing Tremaine Edmonds a ton to Jay Spence the King's dismay. But we'll see. We will absolutely see kind of where that takes us. But other things that we were kind of like looking forward to, the wide receiver room, whether you are a Khalil Shakir stan or an Andy Isabella stan, but also, you know, Justin Shorter, Sherfield, Hardy. Let's not forget Gabe Davis has a lot to prove this, not only this preseason, but this year. We were looking forward to the running back room as, you know, James Cook impressed last week against the Colts. We were looking forward to this game to see Osiris Torrance and the old line battles. And last but definitely not least, very much me, at least me, I was very much looking forward to seeing the D-line again and how this team is going to continue to look with McDermott calling plays. We saw a lot of aggression last week, a lot of aggression. Got our first super chat from Jessica Tennis. Jessica, thank you as always for being a part of the show. In the immortal words of Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> relax. I don't know if you're talking to me or if you're talking to the comment the comment section because I'm not even, like, into my feels yet. Like, I'm just talking about all the stuff that I was expecting to see in this football game, all the things that were kind of like anticipation. But, yes, yes, Jessica, it is true. In the immortal words of Aaron Rodgers, who is now the enemy's quarterback, <laughs> relax. I can't relax yet, though. I got to get through this show. Thank you. Jessica, you're awesome. I appreciate you. Oh, she's telling the Bills fan base to relax. <laughs> I got some bad, so I'm not I'm not going to go easy. Like, I'm not going to – I never really, like, lose my mind. As much as this show is called the overreaction show, I don't – I got some of that on Twitter. So, for those of you that don't know this, I hired a social media manager to run the overreaction social media stuff. So the social media, if you, you probably have noticed that it's far more active, right? Uh, so there's a lot more posting going on. There's a lot more interaction going on. There's some creativity there with some reels and some graphics and some talking points. And I hired Trish, uh, Trish Patel, who is Savage Trish on, uh, on Twitter, on X. I don't know what to call it. Um, but I've gotten, I've started getting more interaction, even on my own personal handle. It's like, Oh, tune into that show to see that guy overreact. And it's like, well, that's not really what I do but you probably should tune in once to find out. So 
I am going to give you my thoughts on this football game. I'm going to start with the bad so that I can finish with the good. But uh, I'm not necessarily going to lose it because it is a preseason game. And as Jessica said, as Aaron Rodgers said, as Jessica reminded us that Aaron Rodgers said, relax, relax. But as I said, we had had a lot to look forward to. The Buffalo Bills did not deliver on very much of it. Quite literally three plus hours of our lives that we pretty much cannot get back. If you missed that game, you were more than likely, in my opinion, the lucky one. There was nobody that came to you that said that if you had asked the question, hey, I missed the game, it's on at 1 o'clock, if you, especially if you've got DirecTV and you're, you're closed out of CBS right now. Uh, I missed the game, it's on, a, on at 1 o'clock tomorrow, Sunday, on NFL Network. Should I watch it? People are probably telling you don't. <laughs> don't. Don't watch it. It's, it's, it's a rarity that the Buffalo Bills are on TV and I'm distracted by my phone. I'm on Twitter, not even tweeting about the Bills. I'm looking at Instagram or I don't even know, just looking at something. Like that game was awful. At the end of the day, this is supposed to be entertainment. And there was nothing remotely entertaining for us as Bills fans about that football game. Now, if you're a Steelers fan, you probably loved it. If you are a Patriots fan, you probably loved it. If you're a Dolphins fan or a Jets fan or a Chiefs fan, you probably loved it. In fact, there were people in my mentions from other fan bases. Just like I put a tweet out about Tua and the Dolphins fans when Tua's first pass was an interception on Saturday. Oh, karma. You are not my friend. I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's I mean, if we're going to if we're going to break it down to brass tacks here, you know, preseason games. They're not meant to be overly entertaining, right, to begin with. Unless you are a content creator and you're looking at specific things, specific players, specific plays, unless you're a content creator, there's not many people that look forward. I mean, even as a content creator who has a show and does all this stuff, I give my preseason tickets away. I don't even go to the game. But this game was awful. Let, let's call a spade a spade. If it if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and has webbed feet and a big yellow bill, <laughs> it's a duck. Got another super chat. Super chat from Carl. Tom and Carl, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Joe, some money for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Number one concern is offensive tackle. We need to see a lot of Ryan Vandemark at left tackle and Richard, I can never pronounce this young man's name, Garage, Garage, Garage at right tackle versus the Bears to see what they can do. I'm going to talk about this a little bit to include, and I'll just get there now. The Buffalo Bills have re-signed Garrett McGinn, former offensive tackle in the XFL, who played for the Arlington Renegades. Uh, they actually re-signed and brought him back today. So as per the NFLDraftDiamond.com uh, website, and uh, Damon Talbot is an awesome dude. He's a Bills fan. We are learning the Buffalo Bills are signing former Arlington Renegades champion offensive lineman Garrett McGinn. McGinn played college football at East Carolina. He came out in 2019. He was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Buffalo Bills back then, 19. This is his third stint with the Buffalo Bills. He was he was with Carolina, Jacksonville, New York Giants, and the New York Giants. 
as well as the New Jersey Generals and Arlington Renegades. He was on the championship team in 2022 with the Renegades. Beginners from Tallahassee, Florida, stands six foot six, weighs 300 pounds, and was an all USFL player for the new for New Jersey as well. So he's got a pretty good reputation in those kind of minor alternative leagues. He has some very long arms at 35 and a half and one eighth inches and ran a 5'3, 440 at his combine. So he's clearly athletic. He is a gritty lineman and with the Bills uh, having a lineman retire this week and one more injured, Tommy Doyle. The Bills relied on a familiar face. Now, I don't think for one second that this is the guy. Like, oh, we found the guy. Went and got him. We got the guy. Somebody tell me that. <laughs> Joe Marino. Joe Marino, boom, pronunciation police arrest this man. <laughs> Leave me alone, Joe. Don't you have a show to do? Don't you have a podcast to do? <laughs> There has to be a correction. Uh, oh, it's got to be in here somewhere. Phonetically garage. Okay, so Zach, Zach of all trades says phonetically garage. Garage is how Joe Marino pronounces it. Joe Marino says that's how the Bills media guy tells you to pronounce it. Uh, so anyways, the Buffalo Bills have signed uh, to that point. Thank you so much again for the uh, for the super chat. I appreciate you, Carl. Um, the Bills have signed an offensive tackle. I, you know, it's hard to tell at this point in time if it's anything more than a depth signing. Um, you know, do we have an expectation that, you know, somehow this guy is going to come in and, you know, displace Deion Dawkins or Spencer Brown? Probably not. If anything, if the Buffalo Bills somehow find themselves in a position where they're not happy with either of the, those two guys, it's probably going to be somebody that's already on this football team. Right. So we'll see. But as I said, this was supposed to be an entertaining football game. It was not. I'm going to give you some stats from that football game. Maybe I thought I had them pulled up, but I don't. So I apologize for the awkward moment of me pulling stats up. This is what you call being unprepared. It was 15 to 27. Buffalo Bills total yards, 339. A lot of that actually kind of came, I think, believe, uh, believe it or not, from Kyle Allen to 265. So the, the Steelers actually had less yards than the Bills. Passing yards, 267 to 144, 72 to 121. Rushing yards, yards per play, 5.8, 4.4. So this is another one of those situations where the Bills somehow out-offense the team when they looked absolutely atrocious. 21st downs for the Bills. Crazy. Player stats. For the Buffalo Bills, Kyle Allen was 12 of 15 for 112 yards with one touchdown. Matt Barkley, what, man, mm. poor Matt Barkley. Such a good dude, too, right? And and flying so high last week in that Colts game and then to come in like this. But we're going to talk about it. This shouldn't be a surprise. This is, we know who Matt Barkley is, and this is wildly, widely, completely kind of who he is. 7 of 12 for 93 yards, three interceptions, and he had a fumble. Josh Allen, 7-10 for 64 yards. Rushing for the Bills, Latavius Murray was 6-26. Dude, that, that, that kid is just a kid. I can say he's a kid because I'm old. Latavius Murray is spry. For a 32-year-old running back, that dude's got juice in his legs. Darrington Evans, 6-25. for 25. Jordan Mims, 4-24. Four, four for 24. James Cook, 3-3. Three for three. James Cook and the starting offensive run game did not look great. 
in this football game. Josh Allen won for minus six. We'll talk about it. This is so this is not in my notes receiving. And then I'm going to move on from this. The Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills completed passes to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 players in this football game. <laughs> like the list is crazy long. Justin Shorter, Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, Jay Sternberger, Stefan Diggs, Trent Sherfield, Andy Isabella, Jordan Mims, Deontay, uh, Deontay Hardy, Brian Thompson, Terrell Shavers, uh, Joel, Joel Wilson, Latavius Murray, Quentin Morris, Darrington Evans. You might as well put Joe Miller in there too. Like I caught a pass from, from one of the backups as well. Big names, Justin Shorter, four for 40 or five for 47. Dalton Kincaid, three for 45. Gabe Davis, two for 29. Oh, by the way, I probably should have said this when I was making fun of Joe Marino, Joe Marino and I are, are buds. So when I said, does he have a show to do? I wasn't mad about Joe Marino being in here. So I apologize if anybody took that sideways or got kind of got cross on that. But those are your relative stats from this football game. Um, I'm going to move. So I felt like I wanted to jump to the wide receivers right there. And I'm not going to jump to the wide receivers. I'm going to stick with my notes. And I'm going to start with the not so great. I'm going to start with the bad. And that way I can end with the good. Right? Sound like a pretty good plan. So the next couple of minutes, while we're having this conversation and you're listening to me talk, this is not me pouring salt on the wound. This is not me not relaxing. This is not me losing my mind. This is not me freaking out. This is not me getting rid of my season tickets. This is not me burning my Josh Allen jersey. This is just me talking about things that weren't great in that football game. There were some good things in this football game, not many. I put a tweet out there that just said, hey, good luck finding something good. And Bill's Mafia came through. There were there was probably 100 replies on that tweet of, of the good stuff. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. But we're going to talk about the BAD. We're going to talk about the BAD, the bad, so that I can talk about the good at the end. So first things first. The, let's just fire that game and its film right into the sun. This this may have been the most disheveled and disorganized performance that I probably have ever seen from a McDermott team in the preseason or the regular season. And that goes back to the Jaguars game. That goes back to the Bengals game, the playoff game from last year. This was out of sorts by a lot. There's no way that McDermott, you could tell in his halftime press conference with uh, Sidney uh, Freeland that he was a little bit not wanting to be on that microphone at the moment, right? And congratulations to, to Cynthia for asking two good questions. How do you talk to the starters about this, the, the, the main guys, right? And then what is the message that gets sent to 
the rest of the players, the, the B, C, and D players, to which McDermott answered, and I loved it. Quite honestly, he was like, they got a chance. They got a chance to show us something because the rest of the guys didn't show us anything. I'm inferring and paraphrasing and putting some words in his mouth, but McDermott in that moment, you can tell, did not want to be on that microphone. Dare I say he was embarrassed by the performance that they were putting out on that football field, and I am sure he gave them a proverbial, not proverbial, ass-chewing at halftime, to which they came out and responded in a very similar fashion in the second half. They just didn't look ready to play football. They didn't. And there's nobody that's going to convince anybody otherwise they just didn't look ready to play football. But again, it's the preseason. And as preseason games go, this was one. I think the biggest concern for me was that they were just so out of rhythm. I'm not I'm not sure, and this is kind of one of those moments where like John Fina, who's in the chat right now, and, and I know Joe Marino's in the chat, like I'm not sure how much of this film there is that they can potentially evaluate. This is the moment where I ask people that know that type of a question. What are the takeaways? What, what can you get? What can you glean? What is there to learn from film like that? Where it's one thing, it's one thing to see a team and we've seen our team and many other teams fall out of rhythm. They just, they just lose rhythm. They can't find themselves for whatever they, they shoot themselves in the foot. But when there's a, a when there's a flag every play every other play like it's crazy. I didn't I, I I I've got it later. I didn't even give you the stats on the penalties. Like it's I don't even know like how do you stop and start that much and always be so like at one point in time it was what second or third and thirty five second and thirty five second thirty four it was crazy. I just don't know how I don't know how coach and the team evaluates this stuff. That film. To which I said, you know, fire this film straight into the sun. I don't, I don't know what you're getting from it. I would venture to guess that even his Sean McDermott, that is, I would venture to guess, and I don't remember it, maybe some of you do, that his first preseason game as a head coach in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills was more quote unquote put together and had better execution from his players than what we saw in that game. They were wildly not ready to play football. Again, again, it's preseason. It's an ex exhibition. It's a get-ready game. So we're still going to take it with a grain of salt. As preseason games go, it was one. Game doesn't count. Game doesn't matter. Nobody's rolling stats. It's just an exhibition. So I talked about penalties a little bit. So just to give you the number, 13 penalties for 93 yards. At one point in time, it was borderline comical. And it wasn't even a situation, in my opinion, where like the refs were just being ticky-tack and throwing a flag on everything. They were There were penalties, like one right after the other. It, it felt like the offensive line was rattled and a little unsettled. And I saw this someplace, and I don't remember exactly where, But it felt like the offensive line was in an over-anticipation mode, and somebody blamed it on, it may, may have been in the postgame, somebody blamed it on just the fact that they had not seen a 3-4 since last year. three, And that matters. And when you've got a 3-4 that you're facing, you've not matched up against a 3-4 ever in the last, whatever, nine months or six months, seven months. 
and Cam Hayward's over there and TJ Watts over there. So you're playing a totally different scheme and you, oh, by the way, did not game plan for this at all. You can probably, I would assume, I would guess, I'm not an offensive lineman, get overwhelmed relatively quickly. Lack of communication, lack of assignment understanding, what is happening, and then you start committing dumb penalties. But even aside from the penalties, there was a lot of just poor execution on the football field. There was just a lot of, I I'm, I'm going to leave that one. I was going to go down a path just about specific players and some specific plays, but I'm not going to. I will say this. I honestly feel like the Buffalo Bills were probably in the market for tackle help before this game. Which is concerning because now the Buffalo Bills are potentially in the market for tackle help, middle linebacker help, and maybe outside chance QB2 help, right? But then you've got the situation with Tommy Doyle getting hurt. And, and prayers for Tommy Doyle. I mean, what a – and a lot of people – it's been on Twitter, and a lot of people talked about it yesterday or at post-game. Like, he's worked so hard. It was in the press conference. Josh talked about it. Coach talked about it. He's worked so hard to get back. This just isn't what you want to see. And it was gruesome to watch. It was wildly unfortunate. I keep saying wildly. I don't know why. Um, it was completely unfortunate. And, you know, unfortunately, it happens in football. Some guys just get bit. It's it's not a it's not a character thing. It's not it's not an athletic thing. It's not a specific way that they run or move or walk. Some some guys just are unlucky. And I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be out for an entire season the way that he has and work his way back only to have, even before the season begins, him being in a situation where it's his other leg now. So prayers for Tommy. Tommy, you're not listening to this. You probably never will. But, you know, it is my hope that um, you can work your way back. You can find your way back. You can put yourself in a situation where you are a part of your dream again. And if not, I can probably respect, right, the amount of work it's going to take and hope you find happiness in football or outside of football or whatever. I just, my heart, I, I just, I'm kind of hurting for the, for the young man right now. So if I'm being honest. But get, getting, getting back to it, uh, wildly unsettled. There's that word again. Likely due to not having seen a 3-4, as I said. But regardless of what you're looking at, and I haven't seen it, and we haven't practiced against it, we haven't gotten any real looks of it, Cam Hayward's over there, T.J. Watt is over there, the Steelers are really, really good, the Steelers are not a great football team. So, And what we have found in the past is, historically speaking, teams that aren't necessarily good football teams have a tendency to game plan a little more in the preseason than teams that are good, which is why the preseason is a liar. A big, that probably is where I should have started the show. The preseason is a liar, right? Because the good teams generally are out there evaluating players. They're not trying to like game plan and figure stuff out. 
bad teams are trying to game plan and they're trying to like get their system down. So they have a tendency to look really good at the preseason because they're playing an opponent that they've game planned for that hasn't game planned for them. And they basically truck them. Regardless of that, though, you've got to show better. There's got to be an element of pride. There's got to be a moment where as a man, you're just like, we are better than this. And somebody in the huddle is grabbing face masks and saying, knock it off. Settle down. You got to show better. You just have to. Things that I didn't like, Josh Allen. His one scramble. Majorly long scramble on his last play that he played in that game. And I just, (laughs) I just wanted it to end. I just wanted the scramble to end. What started as, oh no, don't do that. Because you, 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 Josh Allen has been our quarterback since 2018 and we all love him and we all know him. We know him and his mechanics and we know what his body looks like before he's going to do something from the flat footed stand in the pocket and throw the football to I've already decided I'm going to run before the snap even reaches me to the, Oh, I got to get out of here moment. You knew what was coming in that moment. You knew that he was going to take off on that ball. So literally what started out for me and probably you with, oh, don't do that. Like, just don't, don't do that. Turned into, please stop doing this right now. So it started out, oh, don't do that, right? He starts scrambling. Oh, don't, don't, don't do that, Josh. To please stop, please stop doing this. To then me yelling at the television, just go down, go down. For God's sakes, go down. Like, what is happening right now? Crazy. Oh, Josh, we love you. I think you know that, but we love you. Another super chat from Jessica Tennis. Jessica, again, thank you. Preseason, Josh, please please just throw the ball away, (laughs) right? I don't care if you do the worst. Josh Allen, I don't care if in preseason, if you do the worst thing possible in football, which is basically take a sack by running out of bounds four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Just don't get hit for no reason. I don't need you to have the one extra bruise that you could potentially have by taking a hit that you don't need to take. I said it. And Josh knows it. He just, the dude can't help. There's a song, right? Just can't help it. Just can't like the dude can't help himself. I'm having a little bit of fun talking about the not so great stuff, but it is what it is. The starting offense and the starting defense struggled. The run game couldn't really do anything. Conversely, we couldn't stop the run. And both Dotson and Klein got exposed at times in that football game. I don't know if everybody saw it. Most of you probably did. If you did not see it, more than likely you heard about it or read about it on one of the social media platforms. Dotson actually ended up back in the game in the fourth quarter. Terrell Dotson started the football game at middle linebacker and finished... not finished, ended up back in the game in the fourth quarter as the middle linebacker. I'm not saying that it means anything. But that's not normal. If you've got a guy that you are expecting to potentially be your starter at any position on a football field, I would say it's never that you see him go back into a football game in a preseason exhibition game 
in the fourth quarter, unless something crazy has happened. We don't have another quarterback to play. We don't have another guard to play. We don't have another center. We don't have another XYZ player to play. I'm not saying it means anything. I'm not saying that it's necessarily pointing at anything, but I promise you, Dotson does not go back into that football game without a conversation on headphones. And while this is 100% my own opinion, this is 100% me projecting the situation, we may have very well seen a demotion in the middle of a preseason game. Now, I am sure that if it gets asked, if coach gets asked, if Terrell Dotson gets asked, if somebody on the defensive staff gets asked what was with Terrell Dotson, Terrell Dotson going back in the football game in the fourth quarter, they're just going to talk it away. Oh, it was really no big deal. It happens all the time. Yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. BS. We very well could have seen a demotion in the middle of a preseason game. Not saying it's true. It was just completely strange. Completely. I told you guys last week, coming off of his, what was it, 14 for 15 performance? Whole bunch of yards, some touchdowns. I told you guys about Matt Barkley. That we knew what we had with Matt Barkley. We, 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 you know what you're getting. You know what you're getting from Matt Barkley, regardless of how well he plays in a game, one game, no matter how well he plays in a situation, no matter what he does in preseason. The reality is we know what we have in him. And despite him being a great friend to Josh and a guy who loves the city, I'm literally reading the notes I had from last week. He is not a backup quarterback who you are going to rely to win two of four games or three of six. Half of the games that he's called one of two. If you are playing to stay in the playoff hunt, he's not a guy you're going to rely on to do that. And we saw that in this football game. Matt struggled. I don't know why Matt struggled. I don't know what Matt was looking at. It looked like he tried to fit some balls into some places he had no business trying to fit 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 into. I'm not saying that he can't necessarily contain and play within himself, but this is very much what we saw. Last week, I told you guys on the show, if Kyle Allen is not the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills in 2023, I don't believe me, Joe Miller, that the backup quarterback is on this football team. Now, having said that, Kyle Allen didn't do anything to necessarily hurt himself. Has he cemented himself as the backup for this football team? I don't think so. I don't know that I've still as of yet seen enough. Did he have some good throws? Yes. But I still don't know that we know what we have in Kyle Allen yet aside from him just being a very, very good friend of Josh Allen, which isn't a bad thing. Until you need that guy to play football for you and keep you in pace or on pace with the Miami Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New York Jets. That's where it becomes a problem. Remains to be seen. So we got one more 
preseason game out there. Somebody asked me today if I expected to see Josh Allen in that preseason game. Yes, I do. I think McDermott is going to make all the starters play again. He's not going to go into the season, I don't think, with what they left on the football field. I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Happens all the time. But as far as QB2 goes, I believe he was asked straight up, is that competition still open? It absolutely is, he said. And I think they're just looking for somebody to run away with it. Somebody give us a reason to believe that you can do what we need you to do if called upon. They probably thought they had that in Matt last week, and now they're probably like, wow, that was not great. And I, I wish I could be in a situation where, like Kyle Allen's pass, it was tipped, the pick six from the Colts game. You could potentially say, that, well, that wasn't really Kyle Allen's fault. The turnovers that Matt had were not great. No other way to say it than just not great. I do want to talk about the good from this football game. So let's do that right now. Let's take a moment. Let's transition and let's put the the, the not so great to bed to rest. We're going to talk about the good. So here we go. Let's talk about the good. All right, that's it. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like I think I just lost like 17 people from the show they're like that is not true there was some good from this game there was there was some absolute good from this game i'm just giving you a hard time albeit there was not a ton of good from this football game there was some good we got to see several passes to dalton kincaid i think overwhelmingly the tweet that i sent out about what stuck out to you was was dalton kincaid and he looked incredible he looked smooth he looked natural he blocked well he looked like the real, for lack of a better way of saying it, McCoy. In my opinion, you just can't be too excited about the potential of Dalton Kincaid in this offense if, as we talked last week, Josh Allen focuses on getting in the football, which in this game he did. I think his first pass went to Dalton Kincaid. He's got shimmy. He's got wiggle. He's a great route runner. He's got great hands. The game doesn't look too big for him. He looks like everything that we were told he's going to be. So this is the first snapshot that we've gotten in a real kind of setting against another team to kind of see him play. Wildly impressive. Very much impressive. Like I was very, it was almost relieving to see, oh, that that guy is on our football team. To see a, a, a dude come in that instantaneously is making an impact. We don't. We have not seen that from a first-round draft pick in a long time. Tredavious White may have been the last one. Where a first-round draft pick came in, and you're like, that dude's good. Really good. And that's how I felt about Dawson, uh, Dalton Kincaid. I just don't... I'm not sure that right now... I, the note I have is, you can't be too excited about the potential of this young man. But I don't want to get too excited. <laughs> reality still has to set in and settle in. The, the reality is, is rookie tight ends generally don't have crazy years. Great, amazing, stupid, crazy years. This kid has a chance. Right now, the world is in front of him as it pertains to the 2023 season. 
How many yards? How many catches? How reliable can he be? Touchdowns. Offensive player of the year. Man, the potential is there. Everything that we've been told, every report that we've read, everything we were told pre-draft, it's all there. That was a big part of the good from this football game. The pass from Josh Allen to Gabe Davis that did not count. Gabe tiptoeing the sideline. Gorgeous. Holy crap. Was that a beautiful throw and was it a beautiful catch? I've said it many times on this show and it's not in my notes, but I'm going to say it again. I hope that all of you are just taking in and living in the moment and enjoying every second that we have to watch Josh Allen play football. Even if he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, even if it is Pat Mahomes, even if he's never the best quarterback in the NFL, never the the main guy, never the MVP, dare I say, even if he never wins a Super Bowl in a Buffalo Bills uniform, enjoy every second that you have of this kid playing football. Don't take it for granted. Don't wish you had somebody else. Don't hate on him. Like, just soak it in. Dare I remind you of 17 years of just garbage quarterback play from this football team. That pass was just, it's another one of those situations where other teams feel like their quarterback can make a throw like that, and they can't. And meanwhile, we've got a quarterback that can. Oh, I got to I gotta address this. Somebody's angry in the chat. Spin is. I know what he's talking about. Who the hell runs on second and 34? I wanted to fire Dorsey after that, that play call. You run on second and 34 when it's second and 34 and you're giving up. Those are give-up downs. I, think, I don't think anybody has been watching football not long enough to understand what happened there. The Buffalo Bills literally were giving up. We don't have a 34-yard play, so we're just going to give, especially in the preseason, so we're just going to give up. So I know that that angered you. If this was a regular season game, they probably still would have done it. Maybe not because Josh Allen has arm arrogance. So maybe they'd have run on second and 34. I think he got five or six, right? Then he gets six back. And at that point in time, the first down is maybe in play with Josh Allen, which goes back to what I was just talking about. That pass from Allen to Gabe. So just want to address that. Just just because. Just because. I thought Osiris Torrance handled himself very well. At this point in time, as much as we've heard different things and I've heard different rumors and rumblings about Osiris Torrance, it looks like this job is his. The right guard position. Two games in a row, the Buffalo Bills have gone into a preseason game with a pre-skipted plan to play Ryan Bates. I'm sure it's because they know what they've got in Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates isn't competing in the sense of like, oh, we got to find out what Ryan Bates can do. They know Ryan Bates well. But there was a pre-scripted plan for Ryan Bates to go in and effectively spell Mitch Morse to be the guy to take Mitch Morse out of the game which put Osiris Torrance in a position to start at right guard, of which he has done very well. The game did not, again, same with Dalton Kincaid, did not look too big for him. I thought he handled himself well. 
against some legit Steeler defensive lineman. This is not going to ring wildly popular, but I also thought that Connor McGovern played okay in that football game. He was physical. He was finishing his blocks. I also thought Mitch Morris played well. Tackles, on the other hand, they've seen better days. Right? Both of them. Which, there's a lot of meat on that bone at the tackle position. And if you want to hear more about it, I would suggest or recommend that you tune into the Off Tackle with John Fina show tomorrow, 8 o'clock, Monday, live here, or listen to it in post, in podcast form on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. Or, sorry, pod, podcast network. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. But another situation that I thought was very good were the wide receivers. And I know the game was was a big mess and wasn't overly entertaining. And there was, as much as I even asked the question, what can you take away from this game from a film study standpoint? Brandon Bean, and we could criticize Brandon Bean. We could talk about the mistakes that he's made, you know, allowing Isaiah Hodgins to get out the door. Uh, the fact that we drafted two linebackers, quote-unquote linebackers, in the third round, neither of which are potential starting linebackers in the NFL when you've got your guy, Tremaine Edmonds, working his way or walking his way out the door. There had to be a perception ahead of time that they could not retain Tremaine Edmonds, which we haven't even talked about that being the bad part. Like, do you miss Tremaine Edmonds yet? You do, no matter how much you didn't like him, no matter how much you wanted him to make more interceptions and have more sacks and be Brian Urlacher and Luke Keekley and all those guys combined, as much as you hated on the man for three, five years, whatever, however long he was here, the reality is, is now you're watching this football team and I, would venture to guess there's a good possibility that this entire season is going to make you miss that man. Very much goes back to maybe he was just doing what he was asked to do. But as much as there's things that we could hang on Brandon Bean, missing guys in certain rounds consistently, 
he's done a very good job of rebuilding this wide receiver room. The Buffalo Bills, if I need to remind you, which I shouldn't because I remind you all the time because I talk about it, went into 2022 with two boundary receivers, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Jake Kumaro. You know, training camp hero, Jake Kumaro, the guy that all Buffalo Bills fans thought was going to be the greatest thing ever because Aaron Rodgers loves him. They're boys. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. And the bill and, and Brandon Bean has now since then brought in a truckload of wide receivers that are quite capable of playing football in the NFL. Bean, he's re, he's completely rebuilt this wide receiver room. And there are some very quality guys in that wide receiver room who are going to get cut from this football team, guys who can play in the NFL. Which to me is incredibly relieving because Gabe Davis is in a contract year. If Gabe Davis can refine himself, if he can drop that drop number of 48%, 48.5% down to I'm going to say 2025. Gabe is staring down a $100 million contract of which the Bills cannot afford. So as much as Brandon Bean missed on the exit strategy or the plan post-Tremaine, it seems like he's working on the exit strategy or the plan post-Gabe. Sherfield looked good. Hardy looked good. Justin Shorter looked good. All those guys played well. And then, of course, there's the other conversation. Shakir versus Isabella. There's a lot of talk on social media this past week about Shakir versus Isabella. People that are in the Shakir camp, people that are in the Isabella camp hero camp, people that are anti-Isabella. I don't need another... Duke Williams, Lionel Gates, Camp Guy, uh, Christian Wade that everybody feels like is the savior, but he's not going to make this team. He's not going to make any team. People that just puff him up and make it sound like he's so much better than he is. And I would almost argue that Bill's Mafia has completely done that with Khalil Shakir since he got here. I got in Twitter arguments last year with people about this very conversation about Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott going into 2022 with two boundary receivers plus Kumaro. And people are coming back at me going, well, Khalil Shakir can play the boundary. He's an outside receiver. Really? Says who? Well, they just haven't played. They, they, they refuse to play him there because he's a rookie. If, if he wasn't, and I hate that about Sean McDermott. He's, he, he doesn't play rookies the way that he should play rookies. And the reason Khalil Shakir isn't, he's not given a chance. He's not given a fair chance. I would I would argue that there are far more people that stand for Khalil Shakir and have for this last calendar year than there are about Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella just looks like a guy that might have some flash and can give you something that nobody else on this football team can. But there's good in that. Like there's like there's some great takeaways and there's a lot of opportunity to look forward to this next game. To kind of see where this battle, to me right now, there's the biggest battle we've got going on on this football team right now is Khalil Shakir, Andy Isabella. And I think it's going to go right down to cut day. 
Strap in. And I hope, I hope that it doesn't come down to, well, we drafted Khalil Shakir, so we got to keep him. If Shakir is not better than Andy. I, I hope that the best guy wins. That is my hope for that situation in that position. Because the Buffalo Bills need the best guys on the football field. This isn't a situation where the AFC East, AFC East is trash anymore. And they're going to win six games automatically because they've got the Patriots, Dolphins, and Jets in their division. The wide receiver room looks really good. Really good. Justin asks, why is Shakir getting so much heat? Because he hasn't had a good camp. He didn't have a good rookie season. He's not a willing blocker as a wide receiver. There's a very big um, misunderstanding, misconception about this idea that he wasn't given a chance. Meanwhile, I believe the number is he was in on 70% of the offensive snaps last year. The spin comes back. <laughs> Where to go? Says that uh, fans, our fans hate when players drop drop a football. Drop a football. I'm guessing that that was intentional. Drop a football. Gabe Davis dropped 48 percent of them last year. Spin. He didn't. There it is. There it is. Justin. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. He was in. He was in on 70 percent of the snaps. If he only got 15 targets, as you say, and he had 10 catches. More than likely, it's because he wasn't open. He also was an unwilling blocker. Now I'm arguing in the comment section. I apologize, everybody. I got to get out of here. There was a lot of good in that football game. It was just hard to recognize. It was hard to see. But it all is headed towards the one thing we want it all to be, which is the regular season, which is coming right around the corner. The season opener against the Jets on Monday Night Football. I just, uh, I have great expectation. I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this, that what we're going to see from this football team in the next preseason game is not going to be anywhere close to what we saw in the last preseason game. Do I have anything to hang that on? No, outside of just what we've seen in the past. This team generally does a pretty good job of rebounding. And if I had to bet i would probably say that sean mcdermott has been all over them in just the last 24 hours let alone this entire week the attention to detail is about to go through the roof through the roof for this football team ladies and gentlemen you've been tuned to the overreaction buffalo postgame show coming up for me the Off Tackle with John Fina show. We uh, came, our first episode, our first show was last week. Uh, if you missed that, please feel, feel free to go back and uh, check that out. We will be live again tomorrow, Monday, uh, which if you're listening to this in podcast form, more than likely it is Monday. So it will be happening live on YouTube today for you if it's Monday. If not, we will be live tomorrow, Monday, 8 o'clock on YouTube. And then uh, Jay Spence, the King, and I will be once again on the Hump Day Hotline Wednesday. I'm not sure if it's at eight or nine. I think it, it's been bouncing back and forth between us and line to gain. So I'm not completely sure when we're going live, but we are going live on Wednesday for the Humpty hotline. 
But uh, it has been so awesome to have you guys join me for this episode, for this show. You know, that's one that we can just fire into the sun. You know, as preseason games go, I've said it about six times, that was one. There's nothing to be overly freaked out about. Just relax. It's preseason. This is a good football team. They're going to get this stuff figured out. Um, and if they don't, there's going to be probably some accountability. But uh, I appreciate all of you guys joining me. I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys again. Oh, I do have a, oh, I have a read for you. Look at this. Jay Spencer King dropped this in for me because he's the man. Here, check this out. Uh, I think it's September 16th. Bill's Mafia is back. Are you ready for it? The third annual Buffalo Rumblings IPA beer release party is going down September 16th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Resurgence Brewing Company located downtown at 55 Chicago Street. I'm going to tell you what, you do not want to miss this event. Come out and hang with Joe, Sarah, and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings crew for the Megapod. You're going to want to bring your questions and be a part of the live stream. Get involved. It's going to be live. And this year, we're also going to have our friends from Fans of Buffalo joining the party and sponsoring the fun. They're going to be in the house to provide you with all the information you need to make your away game day experience the easiest and the most smooth that you've ever had in your life. I can promise you, they, they do their job very well. So make sure you make it out Saturday, September 16th, 6 p.m., Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. Go Bills. Go Bills. I almost reran that uh, video because it ended at the same time I clicked it. But, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to be there. I don't know who else is going to be there. A bunch of people. A bunch of people from uh, Rumley is going to be there September 16th. Uh, but, uh, yeah, would love to see you guys out there at Resurgence. But uh, otherwise, it's been good to have you guys. Appreciate all of you for me, for Buffalo Rumblings, for, yeah, everybody in the comment section in the chat. Appreciate y'all. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Uh, hope to see you tomorrow on the Off Tackle John Fina Show. Joe Miller. Go Bills. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.